episode 66 of Slam City, guys. It's Raymore here, Mr. Mech, on probably the last day of, of the show of the year because, well, it's 26, 17, going 2018. So there's that. It's, it's the end of the year here. I have lots to talk about. And one of the things I have to shout out to is the anniversary of Craig Sager when he died last year. What a tragedy. Shout yeah. out to Craig Sager. I know, man. What a tragedy. I'm dedicating my portion of this show to Combat Jack and um, yeah, he passed to, away to Reggie Osei, a.k.a. Combat Jack, and um, <coughs> and uh, his wife, his, his children. Uh, definitely um, one of the most important, well, one, of, one of the important voices in, in the hip-hop community, in hip-hop journalism kind of the father of the hip-hop podcast um he showed a lot of us the way uh entertainment lawyer tell posted you know every place that was important um instrumental in the early rockefeller days just all the way around a really good dude who i admired and he's definitely going to be missed and um also i want to shout out Another uh, an, another good guy who passed away suddenly. It was it's crazy because I, I I go to work. I mean I, I was on vacation and I come back and and find out that he's gone too. Uh, man, it's it's really really been a, like a rough couple of days. Um, back from vacation just to hear that um, two great men. Two great men have have gone. Uh, combat was diagnosed with what I believe thyroid cancer. Yeah, I know it was cancer, but I'm not I'm not a hundred percent positive. I think it was cancer. On yeah, I'm not a hundred percent positive on what kind. But man, just just the idea that these dudes are gone is, is really really crazy. Yeah, they didn't make it till the, the to 2018, and we were right here. Um. Yeah, man, but they'll both be missed. It's it's really nuts. It's been a crazy year if you think about it. I mean, we had Trump being president. We had a lot of deaths throughout the year, which is terrible. We had a lot of good moments in sports and a lot of bad moments. A lot of up and down, really, I think, in everything overall. I mean, especially when you look at it, what's happening with all this sexual harassment cases allegations oh god all this stuff on that i mean literally almost like every day i hear something new whether it's within the media whether it's in sports whether it's in celebrities it's like becoming a a a trend an epidemic of all this happening at the same time because I mean, I didn't see it coming when, when one of the owners of the NFL was part of that. When one of the NFL executives were... Jesus Christ, I just realized I never said the other guy's name. Ed Woods. Ed Woods. Ed Woods. Oh, my God. I got on, I got on such a rant, I completely forgot to say his name. Ed Woods. Reggie Osei and Ed Woods. Rest Ed in Woods. peace to both of them. They both passed away this month. Reggie Osei and Ed Woods. Um, AKA Reggie, AKA Combat Jack, and Ed Woods, both very good dudes, super dope attorneys, and 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 just going too soon. So I'll just stop right there. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's okay though. At least you remember the name. 
but yeah, like just overall, this whole year has just been crazy with all this allegations and everything, and it's just kind of a coincidence though that all this is coming out when Trump is president because I don't think I ever heard this before with Obama or even Bush or the other presidents in the past. This all this stuff coming out, but it all started, of course, with Harvey Weinstein, and then from that point on, it just be gone crazy. I mean. Just think about it though. Every time when you, you're on the subway or you're watching TV, you get an alert saying, "Oh, somebody from this and that is canceled or, or is resigned due to sexual harassment allegations." Mm-hmm. Or I remember even yesterday I got some news about some conductor is not doing any more concerts due to sexual harassment allegations. <laughs> and uh, even recently, or a couple of days actually. One of the NFL former players, Warren Moon, was was um, being used, uh, being part of that sexual harassment stuff. Like he even admits that he shared a bed with the assistant, but denies assault. So these people are out of their mind, and and I don't know what's going on with this world. I kind of predicted that maybe it's because we are seeing things out of the norm because of where we are on social media. But more importantly, I just. I even had this before in the back of my head. If something like this ever happened, I just feel like we're getting close to either the end of the world or something else going got to happen because it's just it's just insane. Like all of these people in their careers are getting ruined by this. I I saw a meme the other day, and I, I probably shouldn't even say this because it's a little insensitive, but it said, "Watch any minute now, um, Caitlyn Jenner is gonna come out and say." Bruce Jenner touched her 20 years ago. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't want to laugh, but it's it's to the point where I don't know what else to do. The the okay. If I'm going to be serious about it, which I am. The biggest thing for me is separating the the people who are telling the truth from the people who are riding the wave and just looking for attention. Um on both sides, men and women, but you know, there's a lot of women, so I need to know who's really been assaulted and who's really, you know, just coming forward because they have an axe to grind or a bone to pick or Harvey Weinstein didn't put you in a movie so you're beefing or you see a whole bunch of other people that he actually did dirt to and he didn't do dirt to you but you figure this is a good way because you never really liked him so here you come and I, I hate bringing up those motivations but I can't act like they don't exist and like you're right man Trump in office, there's been a lot of crap happening. Just seems yeah. like one after the other. And I know the news people have other things to report on. But they're also we're also part of that situation too now. I mean, us as men, we gotta be careful now, apparently, because if for some reason if a hug is considered sexual harassment, I don't know what it is now. Oh no, don't get me wrong. As a man, I'm terrified. Yeah, because I, 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 I mean, I always respect... I don't know what qualifies as harassment. Yeah, I respect women all the time, but it's not like I'm something to the extreme what these guys are doing in the media, and especially they're just ruining their careers. Like, we could, they could ruin our careers as female if they just reported always oh, sexual harassment of something, which we didn't do probably. Because it kind of, it's kind of ironic, though, because you look at how girls back in the day like to date these bad boys that do all this stuff, and they never really appreciate the nice guys that do the right thing, that are respectful, that just do work, mm-hmm. that come home, do all that stuff. And I'm not saying it's karma or anything, but it just makes you wonder, hmm, maybe if I was dating a nice guy and this and that, maybe I wouldn't be in a situation. Or maybe if I was more alert of what was happening around my area, whether I'm working in the media or sports world, celebrity and all that, 
maybe I wouldn't be in that situation. Mm-hmm. But the way I see it, though, if this isn't if this is a thing that's going to be happening right now in 2017, it's probably going to be a trend that's going to continue to grow in 2018. And I don't know if it'll be worse or maybe they're going to deal with the situation. I think it's all going to get worse. I think I everything's just been progressively getting worse. If I had to bet money, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, but if I was, I bet that it's going to get worse. I bet that because nobody. But, Whenever situations like this happen, there's always that one group of people that take it too far. For instance, when um, <clears throat> the media started paying attention to the fact that black people get killed more than, you know, killed yeah. by cops at a, at a super crazy rate and all the injustices, that's always been true, right? But then you had a group of people who looked to capitalize on it, and you have people screaming the race card every five seconds. Mm-hmm. Anytime something happens to them, it's because they're black now all of a sudden. Yeah. Never mind that they've been F-ups their entire life, but now every all their misfortune is because they're black. You have that, you have that level of what I call corruption. You have that level of corruption in everything. So I believe once... There's power in something, it corrupts, which is why they don't let you be the president longer than eight years because they're, you know, afraid that corruption is going to get to you if it's a lifelong gig. Mm-hmm. And when a movement has power, corruption gets involved. And this is a movement. This is a movement of women who are trying to take back power in their lives. They're trying to right some wrongs that have happened to them. They're looking for justice. I'm not mad at none of that. But I don't think anybody ever, when these things are first jumping off, there's never anybody checking for the corruption until it's too late. But there's also there's allegations, so that, that we don't even know That's if they have enough point. facts or support. There's, there's power in the allegation. All they have to do is say you did it. Yeah, and he's just like, and oh it, you're already in trouble. Yeah. Like you'll already get fired. People just <laughs> accuse you of something, and your job is in jeopardy. Your livelihood is in jeopardy. Your family is in jeopardy. You become a social pariah. There's a lot of power in that. There is. And the ability to point a finger at somebody and say, him. And it's a wrap for him. And then he resigns the next day. No one or, listens to him. No yeah. one no one believes him. He's sitting there like, yo, what the F? And no one says anything. Like, it's just, forget it. She said you did it. You did it. And now you're automatically a POS. And that's just it. Like, there's a lot of power in that. And people don't check the for corruption nobody no movements rarely check themselves and this is a movement and i don't think there's anybody in this movement going hold on girl did he really do that or are you just over here because you're mad like i don't think that's happening but what if there's one of we we know that maybe most of these females are doing it because they want money or something like that nobody's checking for it and, and which is I, which is weird right why they're not checking for that because they don't want to and 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 it's now the the extra spin on it is if you ask that question, you're blaming the victim. You're yeah. already wrong. You're so already so wrong. basically, you lost either way. That's if you're a the guy. whole point. And yeah. imagine that level of power in the hands of someone who's corrupt. It's imagine, wrong. Imagine someone coming up wanting money. Kevin Hart was just he, he cheated on his wife. He got hemmed up. They were trying to extort him for millions of dollars. Um, Nelly was um, being accused of rape. All of a sudden, his rapist drops the charges, doesn't want to talk to anybody. Russell Simmons. And now he's suing her for defamation of character. Um, Russell Simmons accused, too. Russell Simmons got accused. He's taking a polygraph. 
Usher's Usher had people accusing him of giving him herpes, giving them herpes. And all of a sudden, the girl drops that suit completely, and she doesn't want to talk. And Usher is about to sue, uh, if, I, if I'm hearing this right, he's now about to sue her for defamation. Like, But who let it get that far? Because Usher already suffered, Nelly already suffered, as soon as the accusation came out was made public. And all the person has to do is accuse you. They don't even have to prove it before they go public with it. They just accuse you, and it's news. And you pay for the accusation as a man. Yeah. So it's it's creepy out. It's scary out here. As a guy, I'm terrified, and I'm affectionate. I I hug my boys. I hug my homegirls. Like, you know, I put my arm around people's shoulders, men and women. Yo, what's going on, bro? Yeah. What's happening? I, I, I do stuff like that. I don't want wanted somebody to take it the wrong way or get mad at me and now all of a sudden this is happening I don't want that I'm, yo it's, hard, it's scary it is scary so I, I don't know what we gonna do thank god the Knicks won <laughs> yeah I know right thank god we got something Speak, to talk about speaking of the Knicks then we'll talk about our best sports moment of the year and also on Christmas Day because it's some interesting list I got here actually but speaking of the Knicks you know yesterday I was watching the game I was a little frustrated, too, in the beginning because, you know, Porzingis is, like, what, over like, 8 or something like that and heading into the second half and stuff. I think and it was 0 for 11. Yeah, well, the game, he ended the game 0 for 11 with, like, 1 point and I was on the free throw line. Yeah. But, yeah, I was frustrated and things in that because they, they could have been really blowing them out if Porzingis was just yeah, playing yeah, half his game right there. Half those shots. Yeah, it, it would have probably been blowing out the Celtics because they were up, like, 13-2 in the first quarter and it was just rolling and everything. And the Celtics so, made a comeback, yeah. but they wouldn't have taken in the lead had Kristaps been hitting those shots. Yeah, and then so they were down by seven heading to in the third quarter, like five minutes or something like that. Then uh, uh, Hornacek started playing the second unit, and Beasley was part of the second unit. And for some reason, he just catch fire out of nowhere. I never seen this before from Beasley in my life. I always consider him to be an X factor when most if he's on a good team, he's an X factor, and if he's if he's on point, I always compare him as a poor man's J.R. Smith because mm-hmm. most of the time. He's either going to give you a good game or he's going to give you a horrendous game. And he's also the definition of life itself where you're going to have a good up and up moment and then you're going to have a down moment. And then you're going to be like, what, what's happening here? So then he just started to catch fire in the fourth quarter. He started making all these shots, these these post-up shots, these mid-range shots, a third three-pointer. Frank started making threes. He, he's really been a knack of Frank doing that now. Like in these big moments, he started making these threes when he takes and he and it goes in. He's playing good defense on Irving and other point guards. Um, Kyle Quinn was playing well, too. Good rim protector was blocking shots. Baker was being scrappy and doing some defensive players, defensive plays as well. McDermott was doing what he can do. Frank locked. Uh, yeah, Irving up. Really locked Irving. And Irving commented on him saying to be, he's a good ball, on-ball defender. Pushed, he's got long arms and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah, he really got at Irving. That was fantastic yeah. to see. So then, you know, then he finished, BC finished the game with 32-11. and 11. Then I got a text from my girl telling me to apologize to Beasley because I was trashing him the whole time. And I was just like, but well, this is what he does, though. But he's still trash because he's going to have one game where he plays good. And then he's going to have the game where he's horrendous and he well, just no, disappears. He's, he's had a couple of good games. This is his best game. He well, hasn't played bad on the Knicks. In 10 years, this is his best game. And and he's supposed to be considered around Derrick Rose's level at the time he was drafted. You know what? And he didn't even make it live it up be to that. Derrick Rose then or Michael Beasley now? If it took him ten years to get it together, like every he, commentator said the exact same thing. I've never seen Michael Beasley play with this level of control. I mean, me neither. This is incredible. He's not taking dumb shots. He's not forcing the action. 
even when he misses, he's still it's still like a good shot. Yeah. He's passing, he's defending. He's driving to the basket. Instead of settling for jumpers. And when he does take a jumper, he's open. Like, I'm not going to sit here and start beefing about a dude who's doing it right. He's doing it right. He's killing it. Well, I'm going to tell you this. Since November 25th, it was his 30-point game against the Rockets where they lost on the road. He was Then he had 7 points, then 6, then 21, then 13, then 14, then 9, then 1, then 13, 15, 30, 23, 32. See, that's so last one. five games, one, two, three, four, five. He's, and he's not starting. He's not. Yeah, he's not starting. That's not. St- you know what I mean? That's yeah. coming off the bench. I mean, I, I just uh, you know I seen him before in his career though. He does this stuff, and then everybody falls for the Kool Aid, and then next thing you know it, he's back down to earth. And I'm just saying, just pump the brakes here with him. Look, I know he's he's playing well, and he has to play well because Tim Hardaway Jr. is off right now. And he's not even healthy, and Porzingis is off. I mean, right now in five games, he's averaging 22 points and probably around, let's say, seven or six rebounds. So he's been playing well. And his free throws, he's been doing well, too. And his field goal percentage has been going well. He's been only taking a couple of threes, not too many threes. Mm-hmm. He did take two threes in OKC win. He did take a couple of threes in the, in the Charlotte loss, and he made them. So he's, he's been becoming a good, decent three-point shooter. I mean, December, he's he's shooting 61% from three, but he's not taking a lot of threes. Mm-hmm. And he's also shooting 53% from the field, and he's averaging 20, uh, around 17 points in December. So he's playing well. But let's just pump the brakes here. Don't, let's not do MV, Beasley, or all that stuff. Or some people will be calling him uh, LeBron Beasley or something like that because he's just dominating 6'9", 235. And I'm not that. doing all that. I like the name MVB. I like that as a nickname. Most valuable uh, beast is what they were calling him, or most valuable Beasley, and he is being his most valuable Beasley right now for us. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna knock any of that stuff. That's what they want to call him. That's fine. If Kristaps is the unicorn and Tim Hardaway doesn't have a name, then he can be MVB. <laughs> that's fine. With me. I don't I don't know what they call him. They just he's just Timmy, Tim Hardaway Jr. But that's though neither one of those are flattering. If, if they want to give Michael Beasley a bunch of props because he's on a good roll right now, I'm not going to be the guy to throw cold water on it. I just hope he keeps it up because we really need it. And as an as an option off the bench, the other dude I would like to see really pick it up is McDermott. I would like to see McDermott pick it up. I would like to see Frank um, continue on his road. I want him to shoot more because he's an awesome shot. I want Courtney Lee to shoot more because he's an awesome shot um, and a good defender. I want uh, Enos Cantor to get healthy. Yeah, he's not right. He's obviously, like, banged up. Yeah, he's banged up big time. And, and I hope he just gets – like, I hope at some point they probably just make him rest a couple games because they have That's a positive record. And you see Noah? Come in? Nah, I don't see him. I mean, I I saw him on Charlotte, but not in this game. I just, I feel like to me, they think they made the mistake letting go of Kuzma, Kuzmismix, and just should have just buy out Noah. I could not agree with you more. I'm trying to because I'm trying to think they made a mistake. I think they need another defender out there or somebody that can shoot at least. 
and smart. Had a shot. Yeah, so I don't know why he didn't play him. Maybe because people were playing better than him and stuff like that, like McDermott and, and this and that. But or maybe it was something they saw in practice. But I don't know. at some point, you needed depth, and the depth was you should have kept him because now at Harway out, you have to play him too, if anything. Because mm-hmm. McDermott's good off the bench, and I hope he gets better. I mean, I'm sure he will. He's been struggling a little bit, but he, in spurts, he, he plays well. Like, he had one game where he had, like, 20-something, and then one game he has 15. So, you know, off the bench, he's good. Right now, Michael Lee's making the case of being a six-man <laughs> if he keeps playing the way he's been playing off the bench. But, man, if he went six-man of the year, this would be a surprise if that ever happened. Like, I don't know what people would say if he won six-man of the year and they were in the playoffs in the Knicks. That'd be I mean, the Knicks right now are probably like a 6C right now. And, and the thing is, they're not that far away from the 4th seed. They go on a little winning streak. They could be the 4th seed in the Eastern Conference and lock it down. And then they could have home court advantage in the first round. And they're already a good home team. So this will be good for them. And I'm just thinking in the back of my head because the Knicks are not right now uh, 15 and 5 or something like that, I believe. And they're like 2 and 9. The role was just horrendous. Mm-hmm. But the role games, they were splitting those. And they had a great home record, and they were somehow the second seed or first seed. Do you know how hard it is for opponents to beat them in, in the playoffs if they're playing at home, knowing that they're a good home team? Like, it would be so much different. And you look at this team, it's completely different compared to last year. And listen, I know before we used to chant with Carmelo Anthony to stay with the Knicks and this and that. But right now, Melo's playing horrendous in OKC, and that whole OKC team is not playing well either. Word. And, they're, and they're not winning these games, but they're barely winning these games. Like, there's no reason they should be going to triple overtime in the 76ers game. No reason whatsoever. I did not think, I'll tell you the God honest truth, I did not drink the Kool-Aid with um, OKC. I didn't think. I said it before. I was like, how are you going to share with these three guys who used to have the ball in their hands and thinking it's just going to click like that? It's all about the coaching. Now, Eric Spolstra coaching the Thunder, I think they do a much better job because he knows what it takes to acclimate three guys like that. that before three three ball dominant superstars yeah he knows what it takes to act it's it's there's a science to it because remember they messed up for the whole first year same thing with um the big three in the cell in, in boston well when, when boston's boston a little different boston's together. a little different because boston those players are already in their out of their primes they already knew what they were who who they are paul pierce is a scorer kg's a defensive guy energy guy ray Allen's just a sharpshooter they know who they are it was really about rondo how was he gonna pass these guys ball around be the leader at a young age and mm-hmm. try like the, the difference between big three in Boston compared to all these other big threes that people are trying to do and because they started kind of is that it was all trade and they and they were just they're already like 29 30 they're already out of their kind of out of their prime already mm-hmm. and they already know what their roles was you know they, they're not they're selfless players they want to make everybody around them better KG Ray Allen all those guys but each one of them was a, was a franchise player they were but they they knew when they were together, they had to take a step back, and they Listen, had to make say they had to make sure that the team was better, not just them. I I completely agree with you, and that's my, the problem with these big threes. My they, overall point is, even they took a little time to get it together. They didn't come in and just start sweeping everybody. I mean, you know I, mean? I mean, for God's sakes, like even in two K seven eighteen, they had they have a. 2008-2009 Celtics team, or no, 2007-2008 Celtics team, because they're, they're one of the great teams in NBA history, and they have all these three guys, and, and they're all like 90 overalls and stuff, and then you have uh, players around there are good. They're good role players and stuff like that. Then that's why Miami came in with the LeBron and Bosh and Wade, and they wanted to play together, and you know, they're doing that one, not one, not two, and then just two only, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
And they, they only won two championships out of the four years they were together. Then, you know, LeBron had his next big three. And then the Warriors started coming around. And people want to be like the Warriors. And the problem with that is that OKC, I know they want to beat the Warriors. But they got to have to learn how to play together. And they got to have to beat teams like the Rockets and the Spurs if they want to advance in the playoffs. I know everybody wants to be like the Warriors. But the thing is, what's special about them is that they're really selfish players. When, when you have, like, a group of people in the, in the team or whatever where they're used to having the ball in their hand and they just suddenly want to think that we're going to click together because we want to play together and stuff like that, it's either you have it or you don't have it. It's almost like when you're in the league for a couple of years, you are who you are. Either you're a ball stopper or you're a, a suddenly a defensive guru or whatever. You came into this league as a defensive player, you're going to stick with that. Or are you a guy who's actually going to be a team player and take a step back? And the way I see it, I look at Carmelo Anthony. He's a ball stopper yeah. that is not getting better, that is becoming an average shooter, doesn't defend, has injuries, and more importantly, doesn't take the step back and doesn't say to himself, hmm, maybe I should play off the bench with the second unit because we have no scoring on the second unit. Mm. And he believes he's a starter. And that's where things go south for the OKC. Because Paul George, for all we know, he could probably be the best player on the team if Westbrook... It was just Westbrook and Paul George and a bunch of role players. I think they'll be in a better situation right now than, you know, where they are right now. But the fact that when Melo came in, they think it was just going to click, this and that. I, I always said it before. I thought it, was gonna, it wasn't going to work because Melo is just a ball stopper. And, and I'm not taking away what he did with the Knicks. It's just that if you got to have to build a team around Melo, these people who are defenders and they're... Or rebounders, this one, that. OKC doesn't have that. They have no depth, and it's just going to get worse for them. Look, for all we know, they could probably play well against the Rockets on Christmas and then suddenly everybody's forgiving about it. But they have a tendency to not play well against weaker teams for some reason. They take them for granted. Like even the 76ers game when they won, I thought they were going to lose that game. The Knicks game, I'm not taking away from the Knicks. But it's just that they were already tired from the third overtime, so right. there's that. But yeah, I, I don't even know what's gonna happen to OKC. I I think they need time to get it together. But how much time? That's the question. I, I mean, they just got together. It's literally been like a couple months, dude. Like we can't even. Miami was horrible for their first, and they were in the same situation. They were horrible when they first got together. They were stinking it up. People were killing it. And they would get they would get murdered in the press. The Boston was beating them up. Everybody was just kicking the crap out of them. They couldn't get it together to save their lives. They everybody expects this instant magic when you get these three guys together, and I don't understand why. Because if you were paying any attention to how it's been, my whole point with bringing up Boston is with three super experienced, out of their prime franchise players, even they took a little bit of time to get it together. And it really wasn't a big three. It was a big four because Rondo had to, you know what I mean? Put yeah. it together. And Doc Rivers had to figure it out. And becoming which he also, did. And he's also becoming exposed as a coach right now, if you think about it. Because those Clippers uh, teams could have advanced if he, had, if he had it under control in those games where they should have won. They could have probably went to the Western Conference Finals at least, if anything. I don't know about winning the whole thing, but going to the Western Conference Finals, facing the Warriors and stuff like that would have been a different story. But, yeah, I mean, I know it's going to take time, but the question is, there's already a good sample of games they played already, and they still haven't figured this out. So I don't know what's going to take. Either they're going to have to trade somebody, or they're going to have to have somebody come off the bench, which I think Melo should come off the bench, or, or change coaching. It's one of I those. Think, I think Melo off the bench is probably the smarter move. 
It's let the him, best let move for that. Let him anchor that second unit. But the question is, will Melo be willing to come off the bench? Because I know D Wade would. I mean, we seen D Wade come off the bench with Cleveland, and they're playing better. So will Melo do the same thing? Because Wade is a smart player, and he knows what it, where he he's at his career. But does Melo know that? Does he think he's still a, a starter and this no, and that? I think I think he'll chill out. I think he'll chill out at this point. I don't think he really cares about the starting role anymore, especially the, if it means it's better for a chip. Well, he has to tell that to his coach then, because I don't even yeah, think he said that yet. Tell that to him. He should, but I don't know. But do you know what I was thinking right now? Maybe he thinks he's a starter. But you know, speaking of yesterday's game though, and we'll talk about the end of the year stuff. Um, Kyrie Irving had thirty-two points yesterday. Now, one of the stats that popped to my head was, and I actually recorded this, was that in the first fifty games of the Celtics when they were thirteen and two, the he was scoring less than. One thirty-point game in that stretch, and they're winning. Now the last eighteen games, he's scoring more than thirty points. He has eleven thirty-point games, and they're thirteen and seven. So and now they're twenty twenty-six and nine right now. So is Kyrie Irving scoring hurting the Celtics, or is it just maybe they were in this different no, situations? That, he's not. He's not taking a bunch of unnecessary shots. Like he's he's scoring. But what's his what's his uh what's his percentage? Like he's he's not he's not shooting, shooting like 40, them out of the game. He's not shooting he's shooting like forty five or I think around yeah, there. He's but not shooting them out of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, they go legit stretches where they are not scoring. He moves the ball. Other people are taking shots. They're doing their thing. They just they have stretches where they don't score. It's and it's and he kind of bails them out from time to time. There I see him do what I call the Kobe thing. Where he takes the game over, he sees like, okay, you guys don't have it. Yeah, I'll do it, and he starts going going at it. But up until then, he's like an assist machine. He's he's dishing all over the place. I don't blame him. I just think you know it is what it is. It's true, I guess. I mean, look, look. It's not like he shoots eight for twenty something. You know what I mean? I mean he shot twelve or twenty five last night, though. But. That's that's on a night where everybody didn't have it. You know what I mean? That's on a night where a bunch of people were missing a bunch of shots. And when the guys got hot, he made sure they had the ball. When when uh what's this is one dude, a couple of dudes. Uh, I can't remember the cat's name. I'm not a Boston fan. Oh, uh, Marcus Smart. I wasn't not smart. It's a light skinned cat. No, it's a dark skinned cat from Africa. Jay Jay J- Jason Tatum. Was it him? No, no, no. That's not the name. Oh. Uh-huh. Um. Anyway, this guy, like, there was a couple of dudes who got hot during the stretch of the game, and he kept feeding them the ball. His team got hot a little bit, and Al Horford too. Al, he he constantly gets the ball to Horford, but Horford didn't show up last night. Well, he didn't. Which so it's kind of weird, but you know what are you gonna do? I guess so, but still, you got you just gotta like make sure that you know a lot of people that are stat guys they'd be like, oh well, he's scoring more than thirty points. That's why they're losing games. Maybe if he scored less, they'll be more efficient, but. Right now, Boston's still number one seed. They kind of tie with everybody and, and stuff. But I think they got to finish either one or first seed or second seed. It might even be a third, if anything, which means the fourth seed is still open. And that's where the Knicks need to be right now. Because mm-hmm. Christmas Day, they went in the 76ers game. That's a different story. And I think they should just rest Porzingis tonight, give him some time for Christmas. He should be ready to go. Because I don't think he's still right. I think he's just trying to play through something because he wants to play. Um, and speaking of Christmas games, there's been a lot of good moments on Christmas actually. You remember that Bernard King 
uh, Bridge Christmas game. A I'm lot of people. Fan, dude. That's sixty points in the Garden. Even though they they kind of lost that game, but he still has sixty points. So that was that was terrific. Phil Jackson getting his one thousandth win on Christmas Day, mm-hmm. which is interesting in two thousand eight. Um, Kobe Bryant, Shaq face off for the first time in two thousand four. I think we all remember that. Miami Heat and Shaq and all that and Kobe was had a good game, um and in the NFL they had like the longest regular season game ever in the history of the game, mm-hmm. which is like it was like three hours and something amount of minutes but it, it was like commercials and everything so it was actually longer than than that, um yeah there's a lot of games that were good on Christmas and like the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2016 clinched that AFC North for a last second touchdown. So I guess this year in Christmas we'll see what happens with the NBA. Maybe maybe Cavs and Warriors are a good game. Bunch of dope games. Um, no, Curry's not playing, but you still got the Rand LeBron. I mean, the, the Warriors still got a lot of talent, so I'm not worried about that. I mean, they probably gotta find a way to win against Cleveland. I'm even surprised if they blew them out. Um, then you have Knicks seventy sixers, of course, the first game, and then you have Rockets and OKC. That should be interesting to see. Yeah, Timberwolves and Lakers. Lakers have been playing kind of well these past couple of games, even when they were in the Garden. Alonzo mm-hmm. Ball is playing well, but Porzingis is playing better. So you know he had thirty seven that day. Um, so yeah, I'm can't wait to see what's gonna happen on Christmas and of course New Year's. You got the college football, which is like have like fifty bowl games. I don't even know. I don't know why there's so many bowl games in college football. They're like unnecessary. No one cares about them. It's just, it's just for the money. Dude. No one cares about these bowl games, though. I know it's about money, but still, no one cares. They just care about the, the championship. There's the four teams remaining and stuff like that. That's how it is. And I, I think for all I know, I don't think Alabama's going to make it out of it. I mean, if they do, then, you know, they might got to win the whole thing, but they got to be in it. But I'm interested to see what, what they do in college football, especially with all these teams now and they're playing at a high level. So I guess before we end the show, we got to talk about the end of the year and this whole year, actually. So my best moments, I guess i say, is going to a tech show, um, watching these Netflix shows and events, which I have a lot of right now for media screening. Um, watching these good movies throughout the year. And, you know, Wonder Woman, you had... Uh, these are your highlights of the year? I, I mean, I guess I would say highlights, but it's just so much because even from January to now, there's so much stuff happening. Um, you know, there was Guardians of the Galaxy for movies. There was uh, Spider-Man. There was yeah. Wonder Woman. There was on uh, Netflix even. The Defenders was good, in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah, Jessica Jones, yeah, all that stuff. Uh, Stranger Things in October was good i can't wait for the next season which is probably the best show on netflix right now um things, I still haven't gotten into that. you should probably watch it you get the chance everybody's telling me that that's probably why i'm not doing it it's such a great show though you'll be into it a lot i, I mean i at first i thought it was gonna be a good show. i mean i thought it was gonna be okay I, like i'll just watch and see if it's good i got into it even after the first episode i got into it um but yeah there's just so, so much stuff happening throughout the year i just the of course the patriots coming back from that was just horrific to see but you know that sucked for falcon fans and they'll remember that to this day um was it houston astros winning the world series you know yeah i thought yankees would go far and now yankees made trades already so interesting interesting baseball season 2018 i can't wait to see what they do with Stanton and judge and sanchez and all those guys um yeah just so much stuff happening and also of course the warriors winning durant mvp Mm -hmm. All that stuff over LeBron and 
just five games and everything. I remember the first game I saw it when I was in, on my travel trip, the Warriors and the um, Cavs, that um, Durant and LeBron, they were, like, doing back and forth, these dunks and everything in the first game. And then that guy who does a, let's get ready to rumble. I can't even, actually was there. Like, is that special a game? I know. It was, like, it was that special like that. But yeah, that, that that was a game when Curry had like twenty six and nine nine or something like that. He, like he was like a triple double in the finals and stuff. So it was it was incredible to see. But yeah, like there's just so much stuff happening throughout the year, and and it's just a shame that most of it has gone away because of the sexual harassment stuff that's been happening. That I hope twenty eighteen is not as bad, but you never know. It might even gone worse in twenty eighteen. But hopefully, it's a better year for everybody. Good moments of twenty. 17 definitely doing the show yeah definitely some of the interviews that i've been able to pull off this year i got some big names in my chairs um heather hunter wyclef prize um dj self some pretty you know pretty good guests safari turned out to be a much nicer guy than i thought he was um uh it's a lot of names i can mention a lot of dudes that i've been able to talk to it's pretty pretty cool um Oh, we got Vondi Carlo back on the show. Yeah, yeah. I meant to get her back in again. I, for all those who may have been checking, my audio messed up, so I wasn't able to get her back in here. Uh, maybe I'll try again next year. But my 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 uh, my rate is going up, so maybe <laughs> she won't make the cut this time. <laughs> <laughs> I might be too important for her. But, should, uh, should we tell everybody a surprise what why happened next year? Eh, there's a lot of flyness. Um, the Knicks doing well. Firing Phil Jackson. Yeah. And letting go Mellow. Firing McAdoo. Um, which is letting, necessary. Letting go on Mellow, which, you know, I was indifferent about. But they're playing time. better now, though. No, I'm not. I wasn't angry. I wasn't happy. I was indifferent. Like, they let him go. It was kind of like, eh, all right. You know, it's like we. I can't really blame him for, for not wanting to stay after the way the Knicks treated him. I get it. I get it. I don't think he was treated fairly. Yeah. I don't think he ever really... I don't think we ever really gave him a team to work with. I think the one time we gave him a real team, we went to the second round in the finals. I think every time after that, we let him down. Yeah. Phil Jackson showed up. He decided to stay because he believed in Phil. Phil ended up throwing him under the bus and being asleep at the wheel and, and committing one of the greatest robberies financially in sports. So, you know, it, it is what it is. I was indifferent when he left. I didn't necessarily want to see him go but I, I kind of got it so you know I was as tired of the melodrama as everybody else was <laughs> including him yeah it's too much drama um, super happy to see the Warriors do their thing Curry's one of those guys you want to root for um, Durant is puffing his chest out now that he's on a team that he likes I think it's anger management funny. problems around. yeah I don't, I don't know what's wrong with him I don't know how you win a chip and get angrier <laughs> He gets a technical every time or gets ejected. I don't, I don't understand I don't know that to save my life. Um, well, the LeBron got ejected, so. I for the first it. time in ever. <laughs> it was just so funny, though, because he was like, he thought he got fouled. And he just got he just got all angry at the referee and stuff. And then he just got ejected. The refing has been kind of crazy this year, though. Well, and every sport has been going crazy. Yeah, yeah, but, I'm, yeah but I'm noticing a lot Even of football. nonsense in basketball. Football's the worst. Oh, uh... <laughs> Boycotting football oh, yeah. has been um, another highlight of the year. Remember that? Took my Sundays and Mondays back. Um, football is worse refereeing. Which which leaves me a lot of time to work out. 
I thought baseball is, is actually worse because umpires don't know what the hell strike is anymore. No, no, I don't know about that, man. I, I'm, I'm get sick and tired of that. No, for just being the, for having the worst refs. <laughs> well, baseball is a little different because they don't know what the hell strike is sometimes, and sometimes it's this low, this dot, whatever, yeah, whatever. But the and the refs will honestly dictate and change the course of the game by calling ticky tack fouls on players. And but I'll give you two examples from baseball. Okay. There was one out where it was on first base, and a guy was five feet away from the from the the base. And it was an out. And it, I don't understand. He didn't even touch it. It was out. So that's how I know it was bad. And then the second one was the game ended on a strikeout where the ball hit the floor and it was a strike. And you were like, well, that's, not right. that's what I'm saying. Like, these, these are horrendous calls. I don't know what the heck a strike is anymore. And then I remember in the, even in the playoffs, there was one play where Aaron Hicks was caught with a strike when the ball was literally outside the strike zone. Literally outside the strike zone. And they were, and then I put Carlos strike. How is that? Are you kidding me? That sounds like they dictate the game, and it's ridiculous. Right? Hitters get frustrated because they're like, you can't extend the strike zone just like that, thinking everything's a strike now when it's a ball, when it's clearly a ball. And it's not even on the line. It's like literally three feet away from the from the box, and it's still a strike. So that's not like, it, 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 to me, umpires are probably the worst, and you can say like NFL second, and then NBA third or whatever. Because the other way around, because NFL is pretty bad. With too many flags, and and then they had to do this paper thing to, to dictate a first down. Like, what the heck is all about? I'm, just, I'm honestly just glad that they let them celebrate in the end zone now. Games. Well, yeah, that too. So Otherwise, it would have a flag too for that. that. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to that. Now. Although these celebrations become ridiculous now, like like the running and the and the Kobe fadeaway jumper and the the Dragon Ball Z reference that Juju Smith did in the Steelers. Like, it was like mad stuff. Yeah, but I like it. I mean, they're just now starting to have fun. So it's going to be out of control for a while. It's going to get better. But, they're, they're, you know, they're just now letting them do stuff. And then ev- and there's all that time in between resetting for the next thing. You know what I mean? It's not like they're wasting time. That's true. But do you know how hard it is to be defending the NFL now, knowing that if you just try to cover somebody who goes deep, you get a flag? Like, most of the time, it's a flag. Most of the time. Yeah, but then that... then. Gronk does what he does. Well, that's a flag. That then that was unnecessary too. That could have been suspended at least four games for that, if anything, because that's a cheap hit right in the back of somebody, and that could have been worse too. And he was in concussion and everything. It could have been much worse than that. So True. yeah, I mean, there might be a, a, a somebody going for somebody's head in the Bills and Patriots game. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try to go against Gronk and do something crazy against him for what he did. Well, the Patriots are gonna be alert for that. But yeah, like you know, this is the year. Hopefully. 2018 is much better. Hopefully, we all do things, wonderful things in our life and our careers. I mean, I finished the semester in my in grad school with an A and A minus. Nice. And I'm waiting for one more grade, but I think I know for sure I'm going to be above a three, and I got another scholarship for the next semester, so that's good for me. Hopefully, everybody else, like you and your guests, for your show, you get more guests in 2018. Uh, I will. And I hope the surprises that we have here is if we get Carlos Boozer for next year. Hopefully that happens. That is the plan. And we, are, we are indeed working on getting the Booze Man in. In person, not on the phone. No, sitting down in here with his extra lanky ass. <laughs> he officially retired. Facebook um, Live, hopefully. So he's got time. Maybe Twitter Live. We will never yeah, know. you know something else I want to do is uh, get a cameraman in here. Yeah. Start recording these podcasts. Yeah, start, yeah. Start, start putting these up on YouTube, giving some, getting some YouTube love. So. Yeah, 
on Facebook and then uh, get some comments from people. Now that Facebook has decided to make that move and mm-hmm. there's all those things we can do, now there's definitely, um, definitely a way to get it popping. Yeah, we have guests. You can tag them on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can get more followers and they share it on their page. And then you, you get more publicity, more comments. Yeah, let's that's get the, it. That's the whole point. So hopefully 2018 it, it becomes good for everybody. And that's going to do it for today's show, guys. I'm not even going to say all that stuff that I used to say because it's the end of the year. So I just wish you guys. If you don't know by now. I know. I will wish you guys a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and more importantly, enjoy with your family and your friends because you never know when I'll be taken away out of nowhere if something bad happens, just like a year ago with Craig Sager and also those that passed away this year. One love to everybody who lost somebody this year. Yeah. Um, prayers and thoughts and condolences go out to you. Um, uh, definitely uh, respect, shout out, and salute to those who don't just play the game but change the game. I'm talking, of course, about Ed Woods, Craig Sager, and, and, and uh, Reggie Jose, aka Combat Jack. And again, like my man said, give give them their flowers while they're still here. Smell them. Let everybody you love know that you love them. Uh, don't don't miss a day. And don't waste the day. Because you never know when it's all be taken away. It's your man, Mr. Mac. Yeah, Miss Morin is well, Raymond Moore here, also aka Morin is 10 on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> I still say it. Yeah, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. See you guys in the next year. Peace.